0: Mastered economics, cause you took yourself from squalor. Slave. Mastered academics, cause your grace said you were scholar. master Mastered Instagram, cause you can instigate a follow yeah. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Get it. Look at all these slave Masters posing on your dollar. Get it. Look at all these slave Masters posing on your dollar. Get it. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar
1: Hello and thank you for listening to Cinephile's Digest. My name is Matt and this is episode 78. And in case you haven't noticed, we've been gone a while. I think it's been about four months since we last recorded. Uh, Shit happened. The world caught on fire. Shit came to a rolling halt. Movies stopped coming out. People started freaking out, buying all the toilet paper. So it's been a little hectic, but uh, we're back. And uh, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Travis. Welcome back, buddy. Yo, yo, yo. This time it actually makes sense when I say welcome back because it's uh, <laughs> it's been so long. And uh, Tom, how's it going, dude?
0: Going good. Good to be back.
1: All right. So uh, we're going to give this a whirl. We're using uh, remote set up for the first time in anticipation of my move and COVID obviously. So me and Travis are using the mics that we've always used. Tom is uh, slumming it with his, uh, his headphone ear pod set up. So uh, should be okay. It doesn't sound too bad or at least when we were testing. So, gonna give it a whirl uh this week we are going to be discussing the new spike lee joint Five bloods as well as a retrospective review of do the right thing so it's going to be a spike lee extravaganza uh we'll probably talk about some other things we've been watching but has been four months so we're not gonna (laughs) go down the list and talk about everything but we shall see but before we get started uh, what's been going on? How is, how was, uh, quarantine and treating you guys? How's work? We don't have to belabor it, but I haven't talked to you guys a ton over the past couple months, so, uh, fill me in. What's going on?
2: Tom? Your first choice. Alright. Um, I've just been, uh, big chilling for the most part during quarantine. Um, doing my part, staying home, playing lots <laughs> of video games, mainly Apex, um, Watching some movies here and there. Um, for what's new, uh, I proposed to Chelsea the this past weekend. It's pretty big news. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, did you know that, Tom? Huge. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big week. <laughs> big <league.
2: laughs> um, So, yeah, that happened. Uh, got promoted at work recently. That was cool doing essentially the same work but getting paid more so it's always good hell yeah um but yeah i mean not too much has changed to be honest for me at least (laughs) yeah (laughs) sure than uh being forced to stay at home a little bit more than i normally do
1: (laughs) (laughs) well cool cool happy to hear you're doing well and congratulations
0: thank you thank you and uh what about you tom um, I do not have such uh, uh, wonderful updates in my life. I have been just working like normal, except um, in the same house as a baby. So um, things are kind of stir crazy over here. We would love to get out of the house more, um, but we are also doing our part. So we've been, we've been playing it cool uh he <laughs> is 11 months old now which is crazy jesus he's got 60 the last four came in like basically all at once all on the top so he had two on the bottom and then like his front four teeth on the top just boom <laughs> uh so he is like a terror um, I heard him grinding his teeth today. It was the worst sound I've ever heard. Oh God. Um, front teeth. Oh God, just the thought of it makes me cringe.
1: <laughs> Is he like teething um, and, and crying a lot as a result
0: of that? Or? Yeah. Well, he's just fussy, you know? Um, yeah. just, I think, I think he's just, uh, he's always trying to bite us and, uh, he, he's even more like, uh, there's even more oral fixation than I think of. A one-year-old normally has. Um, I mean, you just can't leave him next to anything, or he'll try to eat it. He's like, <laughs> you can't leave him next to the potted plants because he goes in there and he finds whatever rock is in there and tries to swallow. So he's a he's a menace. Uh, he's also great. I think he's gonna walk any day. Um, that's I mean that's pretty much it.
2: That's your life. Uh,
0: that's just it. I I wake up. I help Sarah get the baby ready. Work and then at the end of the day, it's like time to feed him, and he goes down at seven. And then I play Apex with Travis, and that's pretty much it.
1: <laughs> Sweet. Well, so has there been like really any venturing out of the house for you? Like, do you get groceries and stuff delivered too, or
0: have you like had uh, an opportunity to go out yeah, a little bit? We do a little bit of both, right? I'll go grocery shopping, but we, we get them delivered a lot. Um, Sarah turn 30. Uh, last weekend. So, um, she went to a friend's parent's condo outside the city uh, and they went there together for, you know, overnight, which is the only overnight thing that we've had uh, since quarantine. So, it was really good to get her, you know, some away time. Um, But, for the most part, I don't know, we, we cheated a little bit. Some people have come over for like some fire pit nights and stuff, but,
2: Nothing nature. Oh, cool. Thanks, Thanks for the invite. Everyone's cheated to <laughs> an extent.
0: <laughs> Kinda yeah. hard
2: not to. Yeah. How
1: about you, Matt? Uh pretty much the same. Been working from home ever since this whole thing started. So just uh watching movies, playing games. Uh my move is barely a week away. I'm gonna be hitting the road to Orlando, Florida. Uh, next Sunday. So if you're listening to this, that's the 28th of June, I think is that Sunday. Um, driving cross country. It's probably going to take five days, maybe more if, uh, you get sidetracked or something bad happens, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, packed up all the blu rays, shed a tear, but it was the right thing to do. had to get those packed up rather than, uh, drag my feet about it. So, Got that taken care of. Got to pack up my video game stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's real. It's kind of hard to believe it's happening. But uh, I'm excited. Definitely excited. Yeah,
0: that is pretty crazy. However, just want to say I'm looking at Google Maps and it looks like it only takes, you know, a day and 21 hours to get there. So I don't know what your major malfunction is, but... (laughs)
2: Well, <laughs> you think we're just gonna drive straight through the night?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, just do,
1: do poppers the whole way and don't just stop for bathroom breaks.
2: Yeah, this bathroom breaks only thirty six hours. I don't, yeah, route, so. only, hours.
0: <laughs> I don't yeah. know if these, if this route is, it looks to be the most most efficient, but I don't know if it would be the most uh,
2: pleasant you know,
1: scenic. It yeah. goes through
0: Montana, South Dakota, and
1: then down, down there. Yeah, Iowa. That, that's the plan. We're not going as much as we'd like to. We're not going for scenic. We're going for just get the fuck there as soon Take as possible. The easiest,
2: safest route.
1: Yeah, because I mean we can't really do much sightseeing. One, because we'll have the cat with us, and two, COVID. So it's like. You know, even if the middle part of the country is relatively open, I still don't want to fuck around with, you know, Trumpers out there not wearing their masks and having a good time, master tyranny, you know, all that nonsense. So I think we're just going to hotel hop, you know, hit up McDonald's every morning, get my McMuff, and just uh, get her done. You know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. Hey, is – um. Uh, what's that wrong with the presidents?
1: Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah,
0: is Rushmore in South Dakota?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Haley wanted to look into how far off the beaten path it would be. Um, I made a joke. I was like, "Why do you want to see a monument of a bunch of white slave owners?" But um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we might check. We might check it out. I don't know how far off because we're basically taking i nInety
0: as far as we. It's your only time to see it. You're never gonna go back to South. Dakota
1: yeah, I guess that's true. So <laughs> that's maybe we'll take advantage. We'll see. We'll see how far out of the way it is, but um yeah, that's what's going on with me. Anything else you guys want to throw out there before we uh tackle the five bloods?
2: Oh, Matt, you got to pass through Fargo. It's your only chance. I know, Start dude. Looking at the map. Fargo's in
0: <laughs> North Dakota, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's only two more hours. Like worth it. Is it though? <laughs> it's, it's an hour and 20, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. One day twenty three hours versus one day twenty one hours. Oh shit.
1: Wait, how did you we so quickly alter the route like that?
0: It's just one of the there's like three recommended routes, so there's already a gray line that says oh, you could do this.
1: Oh, and one of that that one goes through Fargo?
0: Yeah, it also goes through Minneapolis and it passes way closer to Chicago if you wanted to stop in Chicago.
1: Uh that's probably yeah, like yeah. the more northern route. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I've been well, to Chicago. Been there, done that. Know. Who cares? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. I have not been yeah. to. Yeah, well anyway, we're gonna nail down that stuff in the next couple days, but uh I'm ready. Are you guys ready? I'm fucking ready.
2: <laughs> ready to talk about the five bloods? Sure. Yeah. Let's <laughs> do it.
1: All right, well, uh, let's see how this goes. I'm not exactly sure how this is going to work in post-production, but I'm going to assume that if I say right now we have a clip, that I can get in a clip somewhere. So we have a clip. Let's listen.
0: I see ghosts, y'all. I see ghosts. What happens Uh, to all of us, man? Have you seen them too? Yeah. Uh, They had come to you at night. Huh? Storm and comes to me damn near every night. Now he talked to yo like he talk to me. Yeah, come on. I come don't on. think so. Come on. Fist up. Get in there, David. Get in there. Put your fist up, David. Come on. Go, you too, Van. Go ahead. Fist up, man. Come on, Paul.
2: Bloods.
1: Okay, so Da 5 Bloods is the new Spike Lee joint, premiering on Netflix. Synopsis reads, Four African-American vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam, seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped them hide. Film stars Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, and Isaiah Whitlock, Jr. Uh, Like I said, Netflix original. Not a whole lot coming out, but excited for a new Spike Lee film. So we thought, what better time to reunite the boys, the three bloods together once again. (laughs) Um, What did you guys think? Uh, Travis, you want to go first?
2: Uh, sure. I'll go first. Uh, didn't love it. Didn't hate it. Um, probably somewhere in the middle of that. Um, I don't know. It just really wasn't my bag. I thought it was a bit too long. The, uh, story, the way it unfolded didn't really seem all that believable Um, it felt very similar to um, that other Netflix movie that came out last year with uh, Ben Affleck felt like a mix of that and um, any of your old Vietnam War movies Um, obviously with some you know current affairs mixed in there Um, thought the performances were good Um, it looked good i guess for a netflix production but yeah i kind of just i kind of lost my interest with it halfway through it just went to like unbelievable territory almost sure um yeah
1: i can see that um i can go next uh i i did like it quite a bit but i definitely have some issues with it it's a pretty messy movie uh definitely a little bloated i mean two and a half hours isn't that bad but I definitely felt the length, especially around probably the final act or so as it kind of devolves into a more straightforward kind of action romp. I mean, there's some interesting stuff that happens in that last act, but I definitely enjoyed the early parts of the film more. um, As it's more about like, you know, the brotherhood these guys share and their experiences um, I like the rapport. I thought the performances were really good, especially Delroy Lindo. So seeing how they interact with one another, um, you know, reminiscing about old war stories. I liked the choice to have the old actors play themselves in like the, the Vietnam flashbacks. Cause at first I was like, wait, really? They're like not even going to de-age them or do anything, but I kind of like the effect of that. It, it makes it feel more like, you know, memory because they're—it's like they're looking back on something and they're seeing their current selves, but picturing what happened. Uh, with Stormin Norman, who's Chadwick Boseman's character, he's the uh, the fallen blood that they go back to Vietnam to get his remains and their gold. Um, but like Travis was saying, it, there are definitely parts. That feel very manufactured um, for the sake of, you know, being an entertaining movie. Uh, in particular, there is another kind of group of people that kind of join up with the Bloods in the second half of the film. And it just felt so planted and, like, manufactured that it, it just kind of tested believability for me. And I just didn't think they really added anything I mean, to the, get the group, Paul you know.
2: Walter during your movie, come
1: on. Oh, I know, but you don't gotta force him in. <laughs>
2: force him into the plot for no reason. Is that Jewel? Jewel, I him. him? Yeah, Richard Jewel. Oh, ri- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wasn't
1: a huge fan of that. Um, but I, there were, were some really powerful moments. Um, I liked the. Opening of the movie, kind of setting the historical context. Um, it did move pretty fast, like editing wise, because it would show historical footage, where it was and when the footage was taken. But sometimes it would move too fast to even like register what I was looking at. And I'll also say as a little bit of a disclaimer, uh, there are quite a few instances of real life like murder and graphic violence kind of spliced throughout the movie when you're not expecting it. And I get the effect it was going for, but it's a little, I don't know. I didn't sign up to see, you know, some dude getting his head, like the that iconic photo of the, the protester or whatever in Vietnam getting shot by the, the officer. Yeah. They play the clip and I had never seen that actual footage and it's pretty brutal to see. A couple moments like that, that are I get the intention but felt a little unnecessary just I you know I wasn't expecting to see multiple real life murders you know but I don't know how you guys kind
2: to sign up for it by going into a Spike Lee movie yeah I mean
1: I know <laughs> that's not that's not new to him he did that with Black Klansman in the, uh, the Charlottesville uh, uh, the, the guy driving into the crowd so I mean it's I, I guess I should have known better but I don't know if it necessarily served the movie, but, you know. Anyway, throwing that out there in case you're sensitive to that kind of stuff. And even the non-historical violence, like, there are some pretty graphic moments that some of it worked, but there's one moment in particular uh, where it happens very suddenly, and it's very graphic. Just, like, viscera everywhere, organs, and I was like, oh, my God.
2: God, Jesus. <laughs> Is that yeah, really I was necessary? I not expecting that. I was like, mm. oh, we're watching a new movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but those are my
1: general impressions. Tom, what about you?
0: I didn't like it very much. Uh, I will say, I will admit, that I watched this movie in multiple parts. Uh, so maybe that impacted my viewing experience but not to the degree that i would have liked the movie if i just sat through it um you know spike lee has such like he has an obvious style he does some things in his movies that i always i I usually think are cheesy and then settle into um or i usually think are a little bit ham-fisted and then i end up liking them um Uh And that just did not work for me at all with this movie. I thought that the uh, the messaging was really because he has some, some obvious messages that he's conveying.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, throughout the movie, and I thought that they were just like not served well by the film. I thought they were just sort of just sad. <laughs> uh, they felt completely out of place. I mean, messy is a really good word for it um, for the for the movie. Um, I really didn't like. I thought it was ridiculous. Uh, it's got this sort of like treasure hunt feel to it, <laughs> um, but but in like a you know a childish way. Um, and it uh, it also has this. I, I don't I don't know. It was so ridiculous. It went from like Travis and I were talking a little bit. <laughs> it does have kind of a hangover feel at the start, like when they're in the club, um, and then so many scenes just come completely out of left wing. It, it, it wasn't believable. I thought some of the character motivations were a little bit um, ridiculous too, and I, I just couldn't really understand how um, some of the uh, the riffs really formed between a lot of the characters. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling, but there, there were other things too that bothered me, like, like there's a, a part where uh, they start kind of getting into an argument about money. And one of the characters says, well, remember what Storm and Norman always said about money? And it's like, what? No. Nobody remembers it. There was no, there was no allusion to this. There was no build-up. It's just like, okay, we're getting preached at by this guy that apparently died in this character's lives 30 years ago. It it just sounded so stupid to me. <laughs> I I didn't like the writing in this movie uh, at all. I think were it was r- written moments. by the
2: um, same guy who did Black Klansman. Mm.
1: One of them, anyway. I think there were four credited writers, including Spike, on Defy Bloods. But yeah, I think one of them was the guy who co-wrote
0: Black Klansman. Yeah. There were moments that I settled into and enjoyed. There were parts of Delroy Lindo's performance that I liked. Um, I I didn't really feel very strongly about anybody else's uh, performances, but um, overall, not a pleasant watch for me. Not really one I would recommend.
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely see where you're coming from. I I thought the... Parts where it was really effective were like I was talking about the relationship between the Bloods. I thought it's exploration of, like, you know, the historical context and kind of framing it in a way that you don't see as often with Vietnam films in particular. I mean, putting it in the context of this was happening. Simultaneously to the civil rights movement happening and these guys are in Vietnam fighting this war that they shouldn't be fighting and then back home People are fighting for the right to exist and equal rights and just framing it that way I thought was really effective and not only that but just framing it in a way um, that made uh, Historically it didn't try and Diminish the other side of it as far as the Vietnamese people. I mean, it definitely establishes, you know, what the U.S. motivations were for being there and kind of the toll that the conflict had on the country. And it shows Vietnam now, you know, the recovery. It's got its own, you know, obviously commercialized because they show McDonald's and all this shit. But I definitely thought it was a bit more accurate and and respectful because v- Vietnam movies in particular definitely frame the American narrative of that war. And it's just a lot of, you know, racist white dudes going over and losing their minds and killing Viet Cong, And I, I appreciated that aspect of it. And not only that, but just the like generational trauma involved with like these men and their backgrounds and the lives they've lived. And, you know, the toll that took. I mean, you most clearly see that expressed with Delroy Lindo's character. Um, Just he's got this PTSD and the fact that he's a a conservative and a Trump supporter. I don't know how much that added to the film, but I definitely thought it did a good job of illuminating, like, here's why someone like this, though it may seem contrary to everything he should believe, here's why he believes in it. And I didn't linger on that too much. It wasn't like a, a... I guess you could maybe call it not a gimmick, but just kind of being forced in there to be timely, but I thought it was appropriate. So there were things I liked, but it was definitely a little all over the place. Some mixed messages, and ultimately just kind of turns into, like Travis was saying, like an adventure movie that was not very interesting. Kind of predictable, and I don't know.
0: And I mean, mixed messages, like, that's That's kind of where Spike lives a lot of the time, right? He gives uh, nuanced perspectives that make you think about things uh, a little bit differently than you did before. But this movie, I don't know, maybe it's just trying to fit too much in. Maybe it was trying to fit in, um, you know, uh, relationships and PTSD and the realities of the Vietnam War and the realities of the Black experience in America today. Uh, and just trying to do all of that in one movie and and it just to me it came out cartoonish Um, sure yeah and that's not true for all of his movies you know I was a big fan of Black Klansman so uh, disappointed this one didn't, didn't land the way that that one did
2: sure yeah what about you Travis any thoughts on that um Yeah, I mean, with the whole Vietnam thing, I feel like if you know anything about history, like it's nothing really new what he's trying to portray there. But I guess linking it to the like present issues makes it a little more interesting. Um, But yeah, I just think, I mean, we've kind of already touched on it, but the movie's like tonally all over the place and that's not really something new for Spike Lee, but f- for some reason it just didn't quite work here. Like it just didn't feel as cohesive as like, do the right thing. Cause do the right thing. Like it, it's a comedy, there's drama, you know, like it's kind of all over the place, but it works so well. And this one, like it just felt kind of clunky and it just really started to wear like as it went on. And I think that's why I had such a problem with the runtime was just, kind of how messy it was. So, Yeah, I don't really have too much else to say, though. I kind of checked out of this movie, like, I don't know, halfway through or so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, um, I don't have too much more to say either. I mean, it sounds like I enjoyed it more than you guys, but it's not, like, my favorite of the year. Um, But I thought it was totally solid. It's something that, I don't know, maybe with some separation between the present moment and it maybe upon reevaluation there might be more there to dig into but yeah tonal the tonal shifts are all over the place and i mean i know spike lee has made plenty of genre movies he likes making action movies and he likes playing into those kind of tropes but i just once it turned into the like there there are moments that just felt so forced. Like for example, without getting too specific, I don't want to spoil anything. There's like a standoff toward the end of the movie and there's like an offhand comment about, oh, there's a temple nearby. We have just enough gas to get to this temple. And it's like, why the why the fuck would that be your plan? Like you just so happen to have enough gas to go to this abandoned ruin that's gonna look cool in a (laughs) shootout. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that, that that feels like they're forcing action movie adventure tropes into something that is more interesting than that. You know what I mean? And there are moments where they definitely explore character and consequences of decisions and greed that are interesting, but it would, it'll ping pong between that something super interesting. Like uh, Delroy's character. He gives like a monologue into the camera, which Spike Lee loves doing that. I thought that stuff was effective because it felt Mm -hmm. like maybe a little bit more Spike's personality coming through, but it would ping pong between that and stuff going on back at the main camp, and I don't know, definitely a little messy, but I appreciated what it was going for, and ultimately, even the action stuff I was entertained by was just a a little more generic than maybe I was expecting
2: yeah I will say I did like some of the um, like filmmaking aspects like some of the like editing choices and like the way it would like switch aspect ratios from like the the 60s footage to present day um, and he always is kind of making interesting choices like that when it comes to like editing and stuff um, so I do appreciate that aspect of it
1: yeah there was some cool stuff there Uh, okay. Well, anything else? Any other points people want to bring up before we drop some star ratings on this one? Uh, I think I'm good. Cool. Okay. I am going to go with a
2: four. Two. I will go right in the middle. Three. Oh, dang.
1: Three. Yeah, I mean, maybe just by virtue of it being such a weird year and they're not being much out like something from like a a notable filmmaker that at least is trying to do something kind of interesting. And is not just like a young adult Netflix original trash (laughs) adaptation or something, you know, Uh, maybe it gets a little bonus points there, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. Not a perfect film by any means, but I, uh, I liked it quite a bit. Alright. Well, uh that's gonna do it for the Five Bloods. Uh we're gonna talk about do the right thing. Uh this was a first time watch for me. Uh Travis, I know it wasn't for you. Was this the first watch for you, Tom, or had you seen it before? It
0: was a first watch. I I knew
2: nothing about this movie. Okay. That's exciting. Um You guys definitely have to go first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. So, I mean we made the decision because I I kinda knew generally speaking what the plot was about and you know with everything going on with uh, the protests happening and the police killings uh it felt like a good time to make this double feature happen
2: um but uh, boy it's also his best movie so just <laughs> get that out of the way real quick
1: <laughs> yeah uh i knew that it was going to be timely but fuck like I had no idea it was going to feel so like it was like it was made for this moment, even though it was fucking 31 years ago. It came out like that is kind of alarming because it makes you realize not that much has changed between then and now. You know what I mean? I was Mm -hmm. blown away by how like topical the film was and how you can apply it to everything that's happening today. Um, I feel like we can probably talk openly about, Spoilers, just given the fact it's a 30-plus-year-old movie. But, um, I mean, everything from the, uh, the the racial tensions being fairly innocuous to start and then bubbling over, kind of boiling over, paralleling the, the heat wave that's happening and the climax, just what happens there, the way that Radio Rahid dies, like the fact that it was a chokehold that killed him, like felt super... <laughs> super timely and just like I couldn't believe what I was seeing I was like god damn like this this movie feels like it was made for now and it wasn't um but it's, it's really fucking funny too I love all the characters um I think uh Spike Lee's character Mookie is super interesting um just the whole ensemble of characters is just so fascinating and they feel lived in and the dialogue is so snappy and interesting and I loved it. Like not only is it the best Spike Lee movie I've seen, I think it might be one of my my new favorites. Like I loved everything about it. I don't have a bad thing to say.
0: Yeah, Sarah and I watched this together as like her you know, we had a bunch of plans for her birthday, but this was like our night together. <laughs> we chose this movie. Um, <laughs> and it wrecked us. Because of all the things you said, Matt. I mean it's just it's really heartbreaking actually to think about it um all the parallels with today and um I think some of the things that I appreciated most about this movie are one it feels like a play especially the scenes that are out on the street you know just I don't know if it's the way the camera's moving or if it's the the setting um kind of the choreography of the characters that are all sort of bustling around on the street you know you got um, sister mother in a window and somebody's crossing the street in front of Mookie and it's just it's all perfectly you know choreographed to be to be like a, a play that you watch
2: yeah um, I mean it's all like the same location it's pretty much like mm-hmm. just on one block so that
0: yeah makes sense. exactly yeah. so by the time that you get to the end and, and I mean you get to see a lot of intimate scenes between uh, different characters and, and they switch out who's in the who's in the scene at any given time so like you as the audience member know that someone feels a certain way for a reason but the people who are around them don't know that because they they weren't part of the conversation um and that really that really uh i think adds to the empathy that, that you as the viewer have for all of the characters that are involved and um and just because you feel like you're a part of the neighborhood, you know, it's like Sesame Street, kind of. Uh, you got all these people who are who are living their lives. Um. Meanwhile, you know, uh, you have this horrific finale uh, that kind of just tears it all to shreds. Um, but there's not. There's not an obvious answer, you know, like what was the right thing? What was the wrong thing? I don't think there's anything in that movie that is obvious except for the cop choking out Radio Raheem. Um, and I thought it was really interesting that Spike chose to be, he, he cast himself in the role of the person who starts the riot by throwing the chair through the window. Right. Um, and then uh, the, the quotes at the end also, uh, there's a quote from Martin Luther King and a quote from uh, Malcolm X. And uh, the quotes that he chooses for it and the order in which he puts them, I think just uh, present a really balanced, uh, nuanced uh, lens on, on a, a tragic situation that, Our country is very familiar with so um, I I think in terms of its artistry it's immaculate Um, and in terms of its uh, relevance and and um, meaning for today I can't think of anything more meaningful to watch right now so I'm I'm really glad I watched it because I thought I thought long and hard about not doing it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely and i mean there's also just a who's who of just like killer actors i mean you got sam totally. jackson is the 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 radio host you got martin lawrence is like a minor character you got john torturo he's Dude, just uh, his character is so good he's like you you hate him obviously but he's a very interesting character and their perspective obviously is you know wrong but it's understandable given the situation they find themselves in
0: I don't know if Turturro has always had this reputation but I look at him and I'm like ready to laugh so having him be that character was really interesting
1: (laughs) is it just because you think of him as the Jesus from Lebowski
0: or or, oh brother where art thou Uh, those are
2: probably the main two that I would think of (laughs) my mind is blown right now Oh, first of all, I'm glad you guys really loved the movie, but uh, Buggin' Out, you know yes, the guy who basically... Yeah, yeah, it's Gus from, Breaking, from Bad. Breaking Bad, holy shit. The, you didn't realize I'm that kidding. until this watch? No, no, I just realized that as I was looking at the cast on Wikipedia... Oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it like
0: 45 minutes into the movie and I was trying to show Sarah somebody else who was in the movie and then I was like, oh my god. That's
1: yeah. There was one particular moment. I think it probably was about 45 minutes into it where it clicked because I think he, he, he acts totally different from that character, but I think it was like a certain angle of his face. I saw it. I was like, wait, is that what's his name? Gus? Is that his character? Yeah. In Breaking mm-hmm. ben? yeah I was like, is that Gus? And then I looked it up. I was like, that's fucking Gus. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's in Mr. Deeds, too, where he plays a ridiculous character. Like I rules. <laughs> it's just <laughs> um, I have to prove that he's funny.
1: Yeah. It, I, yeah, I loved everything about it. I, I was moved by it. I laughed. It's just also just lots of interesting choices. Like there's the scene where uh, uh, Mookie is in bed with uh, uh, Rosie Perez's character. And he's like rubbing the ice cube on her. And he's like oh, saying the things uh, about the kneecaps and uh, <laughs> just the way that's filmed, I thought was, was really cool. Um, uh, and just yeah, the whole cast like of intimate. Yeah, for sure. And the whole cast of characters just speaking so of, uh,
2: Rosie Perez, the opening scene is pretty awesome too. It just oh, like, where
1: she's dancing to fight the power.
2: Yeah. It's just like super energetic and kinds of kind of pulls you in. Um, I feel like some movies struggle to do that sometimes, mm-hmm. but this, like right from the get-go, I feel like you're you're pulled right into it, and it doesn't really let up till the end.
1: Yeah, for sure. But
2: yeah, I would pretty much echo everything you guys said. Um, I love this movie as well. It's definitely one of my favorites, and definitely my favorite Spike Lee movie. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a masterpiece, and it it's crazy that it's still so relevant today.
1: Yeah, but it's not even just, like, the themes of the movie. It's, like, the hyper-specificity of it. I mean, they even mention Trump in the movie at one point because some character makes a joke about... I think it's Sal makes a joke about how he's going to get into real estate, and someone was like, oh, yeah, whatever, Mr. Trump, or something like that, you know? (laughs) Like, the fact that his name is uttered in that context and looking at our situation now, it's, like, crazy. Like, ugh. Everything from the 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 po- the police killing a black man with a chokehold to the racial tension to um, you know the urban poverty and it's just <laughs> I couldn't believe it while I was watching. It. I was like, wow! Like, I know this movie has a reputation, but what a time to watch it for the first
2: time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I so yeah. Spoilers are on the table, so. Um, I did want to point out that the, I just love the, like one of the final moments of the movie, you know, cause like the whole like, um, issue at hand, I mean, there's obviously more to it than that, but, um, the thing that kind of gets the, the plot into motion is, um, at the pizzeria, there's only like a bunch of white famous people on the wall and like the blacks in the neighborhood, like want to change that essentially. And they're trying to boycott the pizzeria as a result of that. And then at the very end, um, Smiley, the one of the characters, like puts the picture of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that was like a perfect way yeah. to end the movie. Yeah,
1: for sure, that was a really cool bookend. Um, yeah, his character was interesting. I mean, just walking around trying to sell the same photo of Martin and Malcolm <laughs> that he like colored on. I, I, I'm guessing is what he did, but. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah he was interesting and I also just love like as you get to know the cast of characters I think somebody mentioned this um, since it all takes place on one city block you get to see everybody interacting with one another like you get to see Demare uh, interact with uh, the Korean shop owners you see Damare interact with Mookie you get to see um, Mookie's sister interact with Sal and their relationship and like that, that you see a side of Sal that you hadn't seen and Um, you get to see, uh, like the brothers, uh, Pino, Pino, I think, and Vito or something. I don't remember their Mm -hmm. names, but John Torturo and that other guy, um, interacting with the people who come into the pizza shop and Mookie interacting with Sam Jackson. And it's just so awesome. Like you feel like, you know, every character's relationship with one another just from their brief interactions with each other which is pretty impressive when you think about it. Like it just feels like such a lived in, the script feels so lived in and personal, um, which makes sense.
2: Yeah. There's yeah. not really like a main character. I mean, sure you could call Mookie the main character, but like you spend a decent amount of time with everyone. Um, but yeah, it never really like, you never really lose interest or feel like the movie is suffering as a result of that. For sure. Um,
0: so I had a couple other interesting observations. Um, one was that uh it's a very shakespearean story in the sense that like De mayor is he, he kind of plays the fool who's really you know the most insightful character of all mm-hmm. um which i thought was interesting and then the other thing that she noticed was that it's, uh, it's a really inclusive movie i don't think there are any gay characters but there are um there are immigrants there are uh a lot of different um, ethnicities represented. There's uh, like the the women of the community, like the single mother. Um, there's a uh, mentally handicapped guy that we already mentioned. Um, so it's really I I doubt that there were very many very many movies in 1989 that had such a uh, broad cast of characters represented in a single movie.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. And not only that, but um you have like that representation, but on top of that, it plays into the themes of the movie, which is, you know, the racial tension. I mean, there's that scene where probably like 6 to 8 characters are talking directly into the camera using very racially charged language, lots of slurs, but it passes From one to another, you know, it's it's a black character using slurs against the Korean family and it's the Italian dude using slurs against the black people. And it's like that perspective, the cop using slurs against uh, uh, I don't remember the sequence of events, but I mean, that plays into it, too. Yeah, it's it's a diversified cast. But that kind of plays into, you know, what the movie is exploring. Like, it's not just about racial tension, more specifically than that it's about you know colorism like you can have darker skinned black folk who interact differently with lighter skinned black folk and and you know these people who live in the same block but it's a historic not historically but it's a it's a black neighborhood and they make comments about you know why would you even go there stay in your own neighborhood like that adds to the the exploration of the themes too which was made it even more interesting on top of that you know mm-hmm um, okay. Well, I don't have much more to say. Uh, if you haven't seen Do the Right Thing, I'm kind of ashamed I slept on it for so long.
2: Um, that's a, the next criterion you gotta get, man. I
1: gotta, Without I gotta a doubt it's, it. It's it was originally released on Criterion a long time ago. Did they like redo it for Blu ray or something? Because I think they did the DVD, yeah. I think like, it was on
2: Laserdisc or something for Criterion. Laserdisc, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though. Yeah, um. I have the, like, studio collector's edition of it, um, which is a good one, um, but I think eventually I'd like to upgrade to the Criterion.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to purchase it. Um, Okay. Any last thoughts before we move on? Nope. No. Cool. Okay. Well, I figure we can talk a little bit about what we've been watching. Um, I don't think we need to go as long. Yeah, I don't think we need to go as long as we usually do. We're about forty-five-ish minutes in, um, so I can go first. While we're on the topic of Spike Lee, I also watched Chirac mm. and I I liked it, but again, it's it's a movie that is kind of all over the place. I mean, I like the fact that it's like a reimagining of like a Greek play. Uh, the fact that everybody rhymes was cool, but it doesn't always commit to that. Like there's a scene in the movie where uh, John Cusack's character, he plays like a, like a white priest in a black church. He gives like a, like a speech after someone is killed and it, it breaks the rhyming scheme. And I was like, it was powerful, but it's like, you're going to pick and choose moments when you're going to apply the, the rhyme schemes um, performances. I don't, I didn't love. I thought Nick Cannon was kind of bad in it. He plays uh he plays chirac he's like a rapper um Tom, you've seen it right mm-hmm. Travis, you have not is that right yeah, I don't really have any interest why <laughs> why is that
2: <laughs> um it just doesn't sound like my cup of tea, and I've heard very mixed things about it. It doesn't seem like it's one of his like most uh critically acclaimed movies.
1: Yeah, that, I don't that's know, what the whole I, like
2: musical aspect, and
1: yeah, it's not. There are musical moments. I thought it was actually. I was expecting it to be a bit more musical than it was. I mean, there are definitely, uh, you know, it's hip hop centric, so there are scenes where that's happening. But for the most part, it's just kind of a ludicrous plot. Like to modernize it that way, I. I kind of feel like the message is all over the place. Cause essentially the plot of the movie is that the women in the South side of Chicago go on a pussy strike. So they're not going to give it up to any of the men <laughs> until they basically stop killing each other. Like that's their plan to end black on black violence in the South side. And it's like kind of, a, it's a pretty silly premise and there are definitely silly moments that play out as a result of that. It'll bounce back and forth. From being like super poignant and timely and effective to like crass and and just gross and I don't know I I, I definitely enjoyed it for an, as an experiment like it's I don't know if I've ever seen a movie quite like it but again a little messy mixed messages
2: um, so anyway I don't have too much Is more there to say just but. like a huge orgy at the end
1: no there's a there's <laughs> a fuck battle. At the okay. end. <laughs> uh, I won't be more specific than that, but yeah, it's a pretty silly. It's a pretty silly movie. I might have but to watch it. I enjoyed it. Honestly, it's pretty fun. I mean, there are moments that made me laugh, but it's unique. I'll, I'll say that for sure. It definitely. It's got Spike Lee's imprint all over it for better and for worse. Um, yeah, that's it for me. I, I'm only going to talk about a couple of things, mostly like 2020 stuff that I've watched. So I'll let... Uh, you guys have the floor if you have anything you want to mention. I know it's been a while, so <laughs> Pick I've watched
2: so many movies since then, and yeah, I don't really have much to say about a lot of them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I can go over a few things. Um, I watched The Long Goodbye the other night. You oh, the Altman? Movie? Yeah, Robert Altman. Yeah.
1: I have mm-hmm. almost pulled the trigger on it multiple times and have not done mm. it yet.
2: I thought it was okay Um, I thought I was gonna like it more just based on the acclaim it has it seems to be a pretty well-regarded movie Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just I don't know to me it's just kind of like boring or just kind of like a generic like noir type detective story Um, I mean there's definitely some things about it that make it unique but, yeah, it just didn't quite hit me like I wanted it to. I do love the song, though, the, like, theme for the movie, The Long Goodbye. Um, and it was written by John Williams, which was kind oh, of surprising. Interesting. Yeah. It's basically, like, the only, like, song slash theme in the movie. Um, but it's awesome. Um, it definitely feels like... Um, well, yeah, I guess some filmmakers have imitated it since. Like, um, Inherent Vice is kind of a rip-off of this movie to a degree. And same with um, Under the Silver Lake. It's kind of like a similar vibe. Um, but yeah, it just didn't really blow me away or anything. Um, oh, yeah, I did also really like... Uh, Elliot Gould's performance. He's the main character.
0: Mm-hmm. Arnold's in this?
2: Uh, f- Like one scene. He doesn't even really have any speaking lines either.
0: <laughs> Arnold?
2: Like but it's the like Arnold? Prime Arnold. He is yeah, the built.
0: governor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. He's yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Um, I've been watching a ton of 30 for 30 docs cause I have ESPN plus and, um, so those have been interesting to watch. Um, I'm kind of a sucker for sports docs, even though they all kind of generally feel the same and have the same kind of arc, you know, like there's the, the rise and fall to a degree, some rise and fall a little bit more than others, but generally it seems like you know, famous athletes go through the same kind of issues, um, but they also get the, all the joys that come with their uh, position as well. Um, but yeah, I've watched like the Dwayne Wade one that was on there, the Ric Flair one, Dion Sanders, the Michael Vick one. They're all, you know, around like three and a half stars. None have really like blown me away. Um, and some of it's like, you know, just rehash, like, uh, I'm in the middle of watching the, uh, the new one about the, uh, home run race between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And I was like, you know, old enough to remember that. And I was definitely following that, um, as it was happening. So that's like kind of a, a rehash, but like, um, like Ric Flair's whole story, I don't really know too much about that just cause he's been around for a long time. So it's cool learning about. Like the whole history of his career. Uh, I also watched The Way Back. If we want to talk 2020 releases, the uh, Ben Affleck alcoholic basketball movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Was pretty disappointed by it. It's a very generic type of, you know, one of these type of stories where someone's fallen on hard times and is trying to get their life back, but struggling because of their addiction. Um, the, yeah, the sports stuff was pretty lackluster. There were way too many shots of Ben Affleck booze in. Um, it was like, okay, we get the point. He has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just kind of a downer of a movie and there, I don't know. It just felt kind of generic. Um, it's my favorite word today but you know most movies don't blow me away these days um, Tom you can talk about a couple maybe I'll find another one here to say something about
0: <laughs> I don't remember did I mention that I'd seen Little Women and
1: Portrait of the Lady in the Fire last time no maybe I Little think, Women but not Portrait
2: of yeah, the Lady I think you fire. talked about Little Women but not Portrait mm.
0: Well, Portrait is so good. I love it so much. The women, they're both uh, amazing. Um, haven't watched a lot of movies in quarantine. I have watched a lot of TV. Uh, so both seasons of Fleabag, amazing show.
1: Perfect. Yeah, this show's
0: great. Watched all three seasons of Avatar the Last November. also awesome. Um, I want to say there's at least two other TV shows
2: that I've seen. Was that a first time mm-hmm. watch for you, Tom?
0: Yeah. Did yeah, you just but...
2: finally want to bang it out?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I have a lot of friends who have seen it and loved it. Um, and then when it was on Netflix, it was like, okay, here we go. And uh, <laughs> I watched all the last dance, obviously. Uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. And. Did you guys watch that Netflix
2: show, The, um, the Improv? Uh, it's got the guy from Silicon Valley. Um... Oh, I watched the first few minutes of it, and then I bailed out. Not that I wasn't enjoying it. Um, I just wanted to play video games instead.
1: <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? What, what show is this?
2: Uh, it's with uh, John Ralphio and then Schwartz. the lead from, uh Yeah. Oh,
1: you're for talking about the the, the improv sets
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah
1: Oh yeah, I watched all three of those, they're great Hilarious Yeah, so good Those are
0: so good um, I think that's it for me, but it's been, you know, just a lot of TV Like, basically when I'm feeding Vinny a bottle or whatever, I just put something on Yeah So it was, uh, 20 minute shows are great Oh, I also finished season 2 of Attack on Titan Just to keep the anime train rolling, train rolling. So uh, I'm on season 3 now so that's cool.
1: Should I start that show?
0: No, I don't think you'd like it. <laughs> 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 All right, fair. I don't um, like it as much as I used to. I don't, I don't know the, uh, the novelty raw. It's too dramatic. Hmm.
1: Um. So, I have seen 64 new-to-me movies since we last recorded. Uh, obviously, right. I'm not going to talk about all those. But uh, going through the list here, uh, also saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Absolutely loved it. Would have been very high on my top 10 list last year if we had seen For it sure. in time. Um, I saw Onward. That's a 2020 release. Uh, the Pixar mm-hmm. movie. We were going to potentially review that and we decide against it um it was fine you know it was uh middle tier pixar you know what i'm saying um
2: middle top or middle (laughs) middle middle (laughs) middle middle (laughs) middle i would agree with that
1: yeah it was it was good it was better than i thought it might have been based on the trailers but um not gonna linger on it too much uh Cold War finally saw Cold War from a couple of years ago and it's uh it's an all-timer. Top 10 greatest movie ever made. Loved it. So,
2: so what did you love so much about it, Matt? S- sell me on the movie.
1: I loved the way it looked. Every like if you just took a random screen capture at any frame in the movie, you could hang it up and put it in a museum. Like it is so gorgeous and immaculately crafted. Uh but beyond that it's an awesome love story uh it's an up and down between this uh singer i think she is she's a lot like it's like uh uh 1940s american idol or some shit like there's like an audition for a singer and she meets this guy and they start dating and uh really bittersweet kind of devastating ending that i love you guys know i love devastating endings so uh yeah, loved it. Highly recommend. I watched it on Amazon. You can watch it 4K on there. Um,
2: it's pretty short too, right?
1: Yeah, it's like 90 minutes. Beautiful. Definitely loved it. Tom, probably you more so than Travis, but Travis, I think you would also enjoy it for sure. Um, I think I'm
0: just gonna rewatch A Star Is Born.
1: Oh, no, dude, that movie is. But <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely watch
0: uh, Cold War. It seems like one Sarah would like. Yeah,
1: I think she would like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tiger Tail, that's another 2020 film. It's uh, Netflix, written and directed by Alan Yang, who was one of the co creators of Master of None with Aziz Ansari. Um, it's like a generational love story, an immigrant story. Um, I thought it was quite good. Not super remarkable. I haven't really thought about it since I saw it, but um, worth a watch for sure. Um, what else? Plenty of movies, skipping over most of them. I saw Underwater from earlier this year with uh, Chris and Stewart. It was decent. How was it? it was okay. You know, it's uh, definitely b- b- a very much a genre flick. Uh, better than Meg
2: or the Meg?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say it's better than the Meg. Uh, not great, though. Hey, Pretty poorly written, but, you know. Some decent praise right there. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the Meg. Tell your friends. Um, it was okay. Um, I mean, there's some things Seabird? I can talk about. But Seabird? What? Seabird. Seabird? Oh. Uh, yeah. No, I haven't seen that. That's a movie, right? Mm-hmm. No. Did that come out this year?
0: Yeah, it's on Prime right now.
1: Uh, no, I haven't watched that one. I haven't seen that or blow Blowing Down the Man or whatever that one's called either.
2: Oh, I watched that. <laughs> yeah. Blow the Man Down or something like yeah.
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Was that any good?
2: Yeah. Um, I liked it quite a bit. It's kind of like been compared to like a Coen Brothers type movie where it's got one of those like simple plan type setups and then things don't really go as planned and. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was solid. There were some good performances, and um, it kept my attention, which is um, something to praise it for. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't <laughs> fall
1: asleep, so, you know, it's got that going for it. Nice. Yeah, I might check it out. Um, I did watch Sela and the Spades. That's, like, a different Amazon original from this year. It's about, like, a boarding school that has, like, five factions, It's a pretty uh, stylized movie. It's like gang warfare, but it's like trying to think of um, uh, the outsiders almost, you know, it's like different factions competing in this boarding school. Um, It was okay. I thought it was going to be more interesting based on the premise and like the setup early on, but it doesn't ultimately do anything super interesting. Um, So probably skip that one. Uh, I finally saw Fat Girl after Travis had told me watch it and don't read up anything about it. Um, I'm not really going to say anything other than it's super fucked up uh, and has one of the craziest climaxes I've ever seen in a movie that I was just like blindsided by. I think I audibly was like, what the fuck? Like when the (laughs) moment happened. Um, Definitely one of those movies. So watch that. Um, Vampire's Kiss. Just an all-time great Nicholas Cage performance. Um, Travis saw it a long time ago, right? He didn't like it
2: very much. Uh, it was okay. I remember it just being kind of dumb.
1: Very dumb. Very hilarious, though. <laughs> uh, Tom, if you're not familiar, it's about Nicholas Cage. He works for like a, a publishing agency, and he thinks he got bitten by a vampire, so he starts like <laughs> thinking he's becoming a vampire. And it's just so over the top. Mm-hmm. Insane. I would. me and Haley were dying watching it. Um I think it's on Amazon Prime. Check her out. Cool. Um finally saw a Hidden Life, Terry Malik. Mm. Uh it was alright. Mm-hmm. That's about all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it, but it's just way too fucking long. Uh it's a it's important, but you know, it's very uh Movie takes its time, that's for sure. I definitely, my interest was coming in and out. Um, it's a beautiful movie, though. It's, it was, I'm glad I watched it, but would not have been in contention for best of the year. Um, I don't know. I have a couple other 2020 releases. Should I just bang them out, or do you want to go, Travis?
2: Um, I can say a couple more. Um, I watched the Lovebirds 2020 release with uh, Kumail and isa Rae,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i've been meaning Uh, to watch it um,
2: netflix comedy it's kind of got the same type of premise as like date night with uh steve carell and tina fey uh well not the same premise but same kind of tone i guess for a comedy uh where just you know like a kind of like a normal couple gets in over their head with a a scenario and then that's basically the the extent of the movie um but yeah it's one of those like kind of like one night Type movies. Um, I thought it was pretty funny, but it's it's not amazing by any means. I don't think I'll watch it again, but um, I enjoyed it while I was watching it, um, and that's about all I would really ask for from a movie like that. Um, I thought they were both pretty funny. Um, their chemistry was maybe a little lacking, but I f- feel like they make up for that with their comedy and just their performances in general. Um, yeah, it's not it's not too long. It's on Netflix. So if you're uh, bored and looking for some easy watching, I would recommend that. Cool. Um, I, I watched Magic Mike XXL. Um, some people... I feel like I've heard that some people prefer this to the original. Um, yeah, could, I've heard that I too. I guess I could see why, but I don't feel that way. Um, mainly just because the movie leans into... Um, like all the stuff that would sell a movie like this like it just really leans into like the like sexual male nature stripper of it. stuff yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and it just like doubles down on the like the, the like the male dancing which is fine but like it just kind of got a little excessive and repetitive and it felt like the, the story suffered or there wasn't really much of a story as a result of that but you know, I guess if you're going to see a Magic Mike movie and that's all you're looking for, then you're going to enjoy it. Um, you know, it might appeal to, um, you know, women or people who are attracted to men, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was OK. It was c- a little disappointing compared to the first one, um, just because I felt it was kind of lacking in the, the story department. Um. I watched the drop, which seemed like a movie I would love. It's got all the uh, the makings of a Travis movie, but uh, <laughs> it was just kind of generic, like crime thriller. Um, it yeah, it didn't look all that great either, which was kind of disappointing. Um, I think they could have leaned into like the the grittiness of it a bit more, um, but yeah, it just feels like kind of like a a lesser one of those movies you know like from the the 70s or something um but yeah there's some decent performances from like tom hardy and uh james gandolfini
1: Isn't michael c hall in that movie too
2: or am i Is mixing it? him up i think you're mixing it up dexter are you thinking of that cold in july movie Oh, that's
1: exactly what I'm thinking of <laughs> The Drop
2: is like a I think it's set in New York And it's got uh, Tom Hardy, Numi Rapace, James Gandolfini uh, Matthias Schoenertz Yeah Killer cast Yeah, but not a killer movie <laughs> um, Matt, you can go
1: all right, uh I'll <laughs> knock out a couple birds of prey caught up with that pretty good that's a f- that's a fun ass movie i uh mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. It's a little annoying at times, but mm-hmm. um <laughs> very much enjoyed it um, i watched... Some
2: cool, some cool fight sequences, yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. It's the same uh fight choreographer from the John Wick movies which which makes sense once you see it yeah um and Margot Robbie is great in it um Ewan McGregor's, like, villain, I, I kind of liked. So he's kind of over the top and, you know, not the most interesting villain, but I liked his his performance. Um, what else we got here? I watched uh, – I'll do a double whammy here. I saw The King of Staten Island and Big Time Adolescence. Those are two Pete Davidson movies. Um, got to say I don't really understand why Pete Davidson is this big star all of a sudden i think he is very samey and kind of annoying uh the king of staten island in particular i didn't like very much i don't know if it's just judd apatow's like improv leanings not meshing with pete davidson being kind of an unfunny asshole but just was not that funny too long um just kind of generic there's not much character growth he's just kind of an unlovable asshole and it's like why do i want to see a two hour and 20 minute movie about a guy who does not grow that much and doesn't make me laugh and and i just kind of want to punch him in the face so uh (laughs) not a huge fan of that one big time adolescence though i thought was was pretty good um it's another 2020 movie pete davidson's not the main character but he's one of the main characters it's on it's a hulu original um basically a, a high school coming of age kind of movie this high school kid his best friend is pete davidson who's like seven years older than him and he kind of gets him into drinking and partying at too young of an age and tries to be cool and some funny moments uh some heartfelt stuff pete davidson f- he fits the role better which is ironic because king of Staten island was literally written f- by him for him kind of situation but uh i think it his, his kind of personality works better in this role in big time adolescence uh i think i gave that a four i enjoyed it um so
2: don't pay 20 dollars and watch his free mm, movie on no. hulu
1: yes watch the hulu <laughs> one uh pass on king of Staten island i mean you guys might like it um but i Not definitely don't don't Definitely rent not it for twenty bucks. Risking no. it for twenty dollars No, no. <laughs> Haley really wanted to see it. Uh, so we d- we split it, ten bucks each. So um and then I'll do two more. Uh we rented these from Redbox, watched them the same night. The Hunt, which is that movie that got scrapped and then re uh, mm-hmm. redistributed. And The Invisible Man. So two horror movies Invisible Man was excellent probably the best movie of 2020 so far that I've seen Um, really clever use of the concept Um, Elizabeth Moss gives an awesome performance really good tension and just really effective use of the premise of an invisible guy I mean you don't really see anything happening a lot of the time it's the the Expectation of him being kind of anywhere at any time that kind of racks up the, the tension, and the score I thought was pretty good too. It was effective. Um, Invisible Man is rad. The
0: Hunt. Yeah, I really want to rewatch that one with somebody who hasn't seen it before.
1: Yeah. Did you see it? Did you see it in a theater or did you rent it after mm-hmm. the fact? You did? No, I it in
2: Was that yeah, the last well, movie you same. saw
1: before all this happened?
2: Yep. No. Was it? What, did, we, did you see did that? Yeah. What about the, the lodge? lodge? Or was that before yeah, or after? The lodge, the lodge was I before, I think. Oh.
1: Same
0: well,
1: up? Well, we didn't. Well, maybe. I mean, we. The last episode we did was the lodge, and I don't. Th- I think the one we were gonna do after that was Invisible Man, I and then the COVID Invisible stuff Man happened after. But I know
2: I didn't see Invisible Man opening weekend. But they're about eight days apart or so. So maybe it did come out after. I don't know. The 2020 movie year has been such a blur that I don't <laughs> even have a comment on what's the best thing I've seen this year or whatever. Just because I don't really see, feel like it's fair to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and The Hunt is... Uh,
1: it was entertaining, but <laughs> it's not really saying anything. It's a movie that is very, very political without actually saying anything about politics like the gist of it is that a bunch of rich w- liberals kidnap and hunt down poor conservative people like that's the premise of the movie so it kind of flips what you would maybe expect just because i mean if you're playing into stereotypes you would think that you know conservatives would want to kill liberals because they love their guns and shit but that's not really an interesting in and of itself that flip and it's tries to be very topical, uh, talking about current events and Trump and all this stuff. And it just isn't really saying anything. It kind of tries to by the end of it, but I didn't find it was very interesting as a horror movie though. Pretty entertaining. Uh, some awesome kills. Um, the main actress is from glow. I think her name is Betty Gilpin. She's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, but the writing is just kind of whack. Uh, Damon Lindloff was actually one of the writers. Um, and that guy's great. I mean, that guy did Watchmen this year. He did Lost, Leftovers. I mean, that guy knows that guy knows Prometheus.
2: drama. Boom. His best work. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> yeah, so The Hunt was okay. I think I gave it like a
0: three. Um,
1: yeah, I'll leave it there. There's other shit I watch, but not worth bringing up. Did I tell
0: you guys I seen Pain and Glory?
1: Uh, I don't remember. You're talking about the Almodovar film, right? hmm Yeah, I that can't remember if done.
2: it was off pod or not, but I, I know might you have been talked
0: off-pod. to me about it. Yeah. What'd you think? Well, did you like it? What it's worth. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um. Yeah. Uh. Antonio Banderas' outfits did not disappoint. So. Uh, worth watching just for his pillows and. <laughs> Turtle yep. Miss Turtlenecks yeah I, I liked it a lot I'm, um, so really
1: happy with that one cool okay well anything else anybody wants to mention before we uh, wrap this one up yeah, yeah what's re- next
2: Quick. real quick <laughs> <laughs> um, I rewatched Aquaman and I liked it just as much if not more the second time around so if you're mm-hmm. still sleeping on Aquaman you need to change that. I got the 4K that I from your brother's. Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't Dude, watched you it you need to pop that in. <laughs> well, Dude, I th- It is it is just a feast to, to experience. Yes. <laughs>
1: I, I probably will. I think I might get another TV. Like I might go OLED or something, maybe. Um, all in. And that might TV... Because I'm going to have my own... our goal is to get a two bedroom in Florida. So the one bedroom is going to be like my room. It's going to be the office and like my movie video game room. That's so I'm I'm thinking about my current 55 incher, putting that in the living room and then getting like a fucking 85 inch OLED, you know, (laughs) not that crazy, but I think I might get another, another TV. Um, maybe I'll, maybe, uh, Aquaman will be the inaugural, uh, inaugural watch on the new uh the new tv if i get one i thought
0: it was great on the
2: plane you watched it on the plane tom (laughs) i i don't know if i if you told me that and i forgot um i guess i'm glad you watched it but i hate the fact that you saw it on a fucking plane (laughs) kind of hate you for that just because that movie needs to be seen on a big screen in the highest definition possible all the colors <laughs> all the action it's just a ton of fun and it's just a a beaut to look at i mean it's there's just like so much going on and like all the effects are amazing i don't know i can't say enough good things about aquaman it is definitely the uh the top of the heap when it comes to these uh recent dc movies
1: yeah uh, it sounds to me like a poor man's uh, Valerian But you know I'll reserve I judgment until I see I it I prefer it to Valerian <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom going back to what's next Um, I don't know I, I don't know about you guys But I'm not fucking going into a movie theater Anytime soon Not even for Nolan I don't give a oh, fuck about Tenet. Tenet I will risk my, my life
2: for Tenet But that's about it right, you're, you're on your own there bud <laughs> Um, I'll just go to, like, a Monday, you know, 11 a.m. showing or something. There won't be too many people That's there. the
1: play, though. That's what everyone thinks is going to be the smart move. No one has a job right now. What do you think people are going to be doing when movie theaters <laughs> open? They're going to fucking try and catch the 10.30 matinee, and you're going you're gonna to catch it.
2: Going to catch the COVID? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the movie? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, I'm going to be moving, so we might not record again until we have a place. I mean, unless we want to record, uh, I could record at or grandparents place, I guess, cause that's where we're going to be staying, but probably not going to be much movie watching. So it might be, we'll see. We'll play it by ear. It might be a, another month before we record again, but, um, this seems to have worked pretty well. We'll see how the audio quality comes out on the other side, but I think it's okay.
2: Yeah. Tom, we'll definitely need to get you that mic before next time.
0: It took me this t- 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 yeah. time, but. <laughs> I mean, listeners, if, you, if you're if you upset by my audio, please write us. Let us know
1: how <laughs> you Yeah, please do. Cinefilesdigest at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, or you can welcome us back, you know? It's been a while. So uh, mm-hmm. if you have suggestions, uh, kind of open to whatever. I mean, you know, there's th- obviously there's stuff going on to netflix and hbo and all that kind of stuff but um you know we'll play it by ear. we'll see what we want to do but once i get settled in and we kind of hammer out some of this uh, remote recording stuff I might be able to get back into a rhythm so if you have an idea for like a retrospective review or like a discussion topic or something write to us maybe we'll uh cram it in but
2: let's do a deep dive of paris texas
1: You'd love that. You'd be the only, only one would. who'd love that. <laughs> love that. Yeah, no, we'd get one. No one listen. wants to hear that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Me>. Skip. <laughs> um All right. Well, should we leave it at that? Anything else you guys want to say?
2: Stay safe out there. Yeah, I know we haven't
1: uh tried to talk about COVID too much, but yeah, don't be an idiot. Wear your mask. It's not just about you. Take care of each other out there. Stay safe. We'll get through this together. Um, you can listen to this shitty podcast to pass the time while we get through the next uh, year or so. We're here for you guys. We appreciate and love all the listeners of the show. Hopefully, uh, this will pop up in your feed after our four-month hiatus and
2: uh, <laughs> nice little surprise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh shit! These guys are back. Um, but I know you know the diehard hard listeners. Going to be all over this, so I'm off tomorrow. Today we're recording on a Thursday. I have Juneteenth off. It's a new change that my work has done, so maybe we'll see if I can get the episode up quickly. Um, but anyway, I think that's going to do it. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back some sometime someday in the near future. Peace out.
2: Adios. Okay.